the easy market wrap everything you need to know about the world and your money easy but we've seen you know inflation in services and healthcare still pretty high and uh, in food and motor insurance but coming down which is really good it's not just the absolute level of where it is right now but the direction that it's taking and don't forget that when you look at inflation you can also get ideas on what to invest in and based on that so like we've seen it just talking about our own portfolio so we've seen that like motor insurance inflation has actually been increasing if anything slightly and that's because of the cost of spare parts so we own a company called O'Reilly which is produces spare parts so you know when you look at inflation it's not only gives you a nice idea of where the economy is going but it can give you an idea of the sort of companies that you want to invest in too welcome to easy desert a podcast by easy equities where we simplify money and investing no jargon no complications your cool guide to investing easy <laughs> it's a brand new year on the easy does a podcast your cool guide to investing my name is dj at large thank you so much for pressing play wow 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 2023 was an amazing year thanks to you the listeners we had over 250,000 episode downloads with listeners spanning across more than 160 countries i mean we hosted some informative and influential guests and we had conversations around investing managing your emotions when it comes to money getting your home loan approved to digital nomads this year we kick things off with a market update and conversation with Sean Chrome. He is the Easy Asset Management Fund Manager and joins us virtually. Uh, Sean, welcome to the Easy Does It podcast, brother. Thanks so much. Uh, before we talk about markets, bundles, and what to expect in 2024, I've got a random money question for you, right? So I want to know from you, what are your money or your investing uh, resolutions for 2024? Hmm, probably my biggest one, just thinking about last year, so what I see that I often do is, so each month I want to save some money and put it aside, which I do, but then it just takes me time, which I shouldn't really do, is I just leave it there for a bit before I invest it, and next thing you know, a month or two has <laughs> gone by before I've allocated it, and then you look how your performance has done that month, and then you see, oh man, if I had just invested that cash rather, then <laughs> just let it sit around. So I think that would be it for me. Uh, I, th- I think I've got a little bit of a, of a similar issue where I've saved up the money. I know I want to buy something and I want to invest in something, but it takes so much time to make that final decision. Uh, so I experienced that a little bit as well. Um, in terms of easy asset management, Sean, can you provide our listeners with a brief overview of what you guys do and what it offers for potential investors? So uh, easy asset management is an asset management side of easy equities, which means that we manage the money on your behalf so we'll create the portfolios that you might want to invest in and we do that in a couple of different ways so we have bundles which are on the platform and these are just shares that we buy directly on your behalf and you actually own the individual shares Um, another way that we do it is we have our own unit trust and this year hopefully we'll be having our own active etfs and we do that in a variety of different formats depend on the risk appetite whether it's in RAND or it's in US dollars, TFSA, 
retirement and just normal discretionary money yeah and i think that's great for for individuals who are interested in investing and and putting their money somewhere but you know as a retail investor they don't know where to start they don't know where to go and they'd rather put their faith in a professional that you know does this on a day-to-day basis i definitely love that type of, of option for potential investors sean in terms of 2024 i don't know about you i'm feeling a bit bullish so i'm feeling you know quite hopeful and optimistic for 2024 and i'm, and I'm keen to gauge you you know i, I mean how would you describe the market sentiment for 2024? I mean, when you're reading articles, when you're speaking to some of your colleagues within the world of finance, I mean, what are your sentiments this year? Uh, Overall, I think I agree with you, although I would add cautiously optimistic rather than just optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of reason to be optimistic. It looks like, unlike whatever has happened in history, we may be in for a soft landing, which is very unusual. Um, you know, with how rates has gone and the economy hasn't been flattening out. There's good parts of the economy that are doing really well and are growing a lot. Like we can see with AI, or there's been a lot of talk about um, investing more in infrastructure. Even just, I mean, you know, there's an election coming up in the US and just traditionally elections are a really good time to be investing in the economy because the incumbents trying to pump up the economy. And, you know, we're looking for lower rates. But that's all said. It's not just what you expect. It's like, what does the market expect? Which is kind of why I said cautiously optimistic. Because you could argue that a lot of that has already been priced in. So things have to deliver to what I described earlier. And if they don't, even if it's still good, but isn't as good as people had expected, you know, you can still get a drawdown on that basis. So I think globally, there seems to be a lot of optimism. South Africa, though, is its own different story. Unlike in the US, where elections are optimistic, it's the other way around in South Africa, you know, causes a lot of uncertainty. And there are a lot of other issues that potentially in South Africa, like um, you've, you've seen the degradation in the infrastructure, like we've seen all the ships waiting in the ports. But again, a lot of that has been priced in and priced in in quite an extreme way. So, you know, although it doesn't exactly look rosy, it just has to do a little bit better than terrible for the market to, to do well. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think when people are considering 2024 and, and where to put their money and what's happening in the world, uh, inflation comes up quite a lot. You know, so I'd like for you to just, you know, provide us with insights into, you know, inflation trends and the implications for investors and, and the markets. We saw from inflation being a real worry in the economy to it coming down a lot it's really has moderated a lot i'm speaking globally now speaking about south africa specifically a little bit later and it's came down a lot in the things that had been causing a lot of inflation which is also really nice because it's good it's important when you break down what are the causes of inflation like is it housing you know that's come down quite a lot Um, but we've seen you know inflation in services and healthcare still pretty high and uh, in food and motor insurance but coming down which is really good it's not just the absolute level of where it is right now but the direction that it's taking and don't forget that when you look at inflation you can also get ideas on what to invest in based on that so like we've seen uh, just talking about our own portfolio so we've seen that like motor insurance inflation has actually been increasing if anything slightly and that's because of the cost of spare parts so we own a company called o'reilly which is 
produces spare parts so you know when you look at inflation it's not only gives you a nice idea of where the economy is going but it can give you an idea of the sort of companies that you want to invest in too and you know that downward inflation we saw that big rally last year in november in december in the us just when we saw that inflation come down and it's not only inflation coming down but the economy is doing okay at the same time it would be pretty bad if inflation was coming down but the economy was doing badly at the same time and that's the reason why it's nice that inflation is coming down by itself in inverted commas and that's been really good and we expect that to continue still higher like i said than whether what the target is but you know it looks very optimistic you just need to be think is has that been built into market prices or not we've also seen a big fall in inflation in south africa which has been nice too although a lot more volatile given like the usd you know the dollars are rate for us and we've also seen persistent food inflation which is a bigger issue for south africa than in the us with a poor economy where more of people's budget gets taken up by eating obviously yeah, I'd like for us to also take a little bit of a, of a broader uh, perspective and, and explore macroeconomics specifically. I know in the last couple of months, we've seen quite a lot of geopolitical conflicts that have, you know, ramped up inflation and, and they've sort of shaken the markets up. I mean, from that point of view, I mean, what can we expect? What should we be paying attention to? It looks like geopolitics in particular is the biggest uncertainty that's out there. You know, you've seen like how the Houthis are attacking uh ships and in the red sea and like now they've been delayed going through the cape of good hope if you have a look at like dry bulk the cost of shipping goods has doubled just in the last like month month and a half just because of those attacks and you can imagine how if shipping prices are more it's going to feed into the actual cost of goods when they land so yeah and like obviously that can uh, result in war actually you you don't really know is the u.s in Europe, are they going to be pulled into the Middle East and have a war there? And like the big power there or that's leading that sort of outcome that's going on in the Red Sea right now is actually Iran. And if Iran is closely tied to Russia, is closely tied to China, then do you get a war of the West versus the East then? So there's a lot of potential fallout that we could see there. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty worrying. But like, there's always risk. Like, you know, one year it can be inflation, next year it can be geopolitics. There's cybersecurity risk. We've been seeing all these cyber attacks that's been going on. In fact, I saw from one of the companies that we invest in, uh, last year was the most cybersecurity attacks that there's ever been since they've been around. So, you know, that's really huge. And given that everything is run through the internet essentially or is digital that would be quite scary. A huge risk yeah exactly but you must remember though this is all the point that i was trying to make is there's always these macro risks there's never been a smooth time where everything's really clear <laughs> yes yes and you're always investing in companies you're not investing in pieces of paper and no matter what the risk is you can find companies that can benefit during those times so like an obvious one is like we just talked about hacking. So why not invest in cybersecurity companies, as an example? We know or we worried about, um, you know, energy infrastructure because, you know, the Red Sea, there's a lot of uh, oil containers that are going through there, oil shipments, I should say. So maybe you want to think about investing in alternative energy or nuclear energy. Or like I mentioned before, we talked about inflation. Maybe you want to buy 
car part companies, like I mentioned, O'Reilly. So there's always some sort of opportunity there. It kind of makes me think, I think I mentioned this to you before, there's this famous investor named Peter Lynch. His famous quote is that if you spend 14 minutes in a year analyzing geopolitics and macroeconomics, then you've wasted 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, I really love what you've said that even in the middle of the risks, there are some opportunities. So if you spend a little time sort of stepping back and looking at what's happening and, and where some organizations and companies will benefit, then there is a, a chance that you that you do make some return. So I really like that viewpoint, but also just summarizing what's happening out there uh, and knowing it as, as a retail investor. Uh, Sean, one of the things you had mentioned earlier on that gets me really excited are bundles. You know, as, as the the fund manager at easy asset management i mean you've got a unique perspective could you break down what bundles are and uh, you know also share you know how you guys are, are navigating you know the challenging uh, economic environment through these bundles so if you're on easy equity you can go and buy individual shares and when you take all those all shares together you have a portfolio now you might not be confident to do that yourself or maybe you want to with half your money, let's just say, you say, okay, I want to invest that money myself, but I want somebody to help me out. So what bundles is, is we buy shares on your behalf on the platform. And there are a couple of different bundles that we have. I mean, just to break it down, we obviously have the uh, RAND bundles and we have the dollar bundles. Mm -hmm. And within that sort of two categories, we have what we call our core range and our enhanced range. The core range just buys ETFs. So you're creating a portfolio of ETFs only. Okay. And in the enhanced range, we go, okay, we're gonna buy, wherever possible, we're gonna buy shares. So we try and invest in as many shares as we can, but sometimes we would have to buy an ETF. Like let's say we wanna get exposure to the S&P 500. We'll just buy the S&P 500 ETF. We aren't gonna go and buy 500 shares yeah. in the US, you know, weighted accordingly. And then what we do between the core and enhanced range, we create portfolios on a risk spectrum. So we go for someone who is aggressive and only wants an equity portfolio, then we have that enhanced equity portfolio. But some people might want like a more balanced risk profile. They don't want to be 100% in equities. They want some fixed income protection and some property and stuff like that. And this is particularly relevant in like your RA portfolios where you have Reg 28 and you have to be Regulation 28 compliant, which means you can't be 100% equities. So then we have our balanced range, our moderate range and our conservative range for those sort of audiences. Those are the, if you want to take a bird level view, that's of those portfolios. But what we haven't discussed is how we construct those portfolios. Mm. So now, and this is the most important one and I'll break it down from there. So yeah. the enhanced portfolios. Now we have to go and say, okay, what equities do we want to buy in those bundles? So we break that down into two ways. So we first start off, step one is we say, what are the themes that are leading the global economy? I'll just give an obvious one that we mentioned before, just cybersecurity. Maybe that's yeah. that's an example of a theme. Or a theme could be, we like brand name companies. So we're going to invest in like Lululemon or something like that. That's an example of a theme. That's obviously for the US I've mentioned. But in South Africa, you could have a theme like, China's going to do really well. Let's invest in materials. Or China's going to be do terribly, so let's not invest in materials. Or, you know, with so much geopolitics, let's have some protection. So that's gold. So then like, that's an example of a theme. 
now that we have a theme we have to say okay but what companies do we actually like which are the companies that we actually want to go and invest in we have quite a quantitative approach what it means is we look for factor drivers of a company so an example is is this company showing value what is the quality dynamics of this sort of company you know does it do well in good environments and bad environments or is it cyclical it only does well when the economy is doing well and when the economy does badly it always goes down you know people always buy nike but they won't necessarily go uh, gambling or something you know and we also look at growth metrics so then we and we define all the companies of how strong they are in those different factors so we're going to have a look i don't know how much we should break this down in but we're going to have a look is a company cheap that would be the one thing so not necessarily is it a good company just is it cheap compared to the business fundamentals of the company then we'll say is this company growing so how are earnings growing how is share price growing how is a a gross margin doing how's net margin doing how is it cash flow per share very fixed when I say fixed what I mean numerical numbers that you can analyze and we'll do the same thing in terms of quality we'll look at how a company does over various economic cycles we'll have a look at its return on capital return on equity return on invested capital does it pay a dividend is it do does it have share buybacks things like that and then what we do is we rank all of those companies, we match them into a theme and we create a portfolio accordingly. And then when we want to ascertain the risk, because now we've just talked about equity, yeah. we then go based on our assessment of the economy, how much fixed income should a balanced portfolio have? Let's say we are 25, but you know, maybe we want 35% fixed income and less equity, but we are quite, like I said, optimistic. So we'd be would be erring towards more equity rather than less equity and that's how we create individual shares and then all the core range is saying is now that we've got a whole bunch of individual shares we like which are the best etfs to invest in to get as close as possible to those individual shares yeah that's quite thorough and i think it, it, it shows the amount of detail and work that goes into putting these bundles together you know focusing on the theme looking at what's happening in the world and then finding organizations or etfs that link well to that i think it's quite a lot for those that are interested in in bundles i mean where can they read more about them or perhaps even purchase them as well so if you have a look on the easy wealth platform you'll see like a whole bunch of bundles on there and they're quite well described but also just on the easy equities platform when you go onto it and you go invest you'll see there's like a tab or something that you can click that says bundles and you see all the different bundles that are on the platform and you'll see the core range and your enhanced range like i said and you'll see it by risk category you can click into it and the very nice thing about easy equities even if you want to manage your portfolio yourself maybe you can use bundles as just as an idea so you can go into the bundles right now and see what shares have we invested in and you can say okay i like those shares or i don't like those shares and you can go and create that portfolio yourself or choose only some of those shares maybe you just like how we do the whole thing and you can go in and buy that and so there's a lot of information you can go just by clicking in yeah, and different ways to use the information as well. Uh, Sean, before we wrap things up, I want us to, uh, you know, try and navigate rough seas, you know, for our listeners who are seeking to weather the current market storm. I mean, what are some key factors that should guide the investment decisions in 2024? 
maybe we just take a step back first is to think about how to invest or what there is to invest in on easy equities and just like when you are investing just remember all the different options that you have you know you can go and invest in those individual shares or maybe you just want general market type ex- market exposure so you just go and buy like a S&P 500 ETF or a top 40 ETF or maybe you want somebody who spends all their time thinking about this sort of thing and you want them to manage the portfolio so you can go and buy a bundle and there's no right answer you can split your money however you want maybe you can split it one third between all those options and don't forget there's unit trust too and then you can see based on how you've invested you can say well i you know as a user i've getting much better results than Sean is getting from his bundle. So then I'm gonna, I trust myself to manage it more. Or maybe after looking at it, you go, well, I've put all this effort in and all this time, and you know, I'm doing much worse than a bundle or much worse than a Unitrust. So actually it makes more sense for me to do that. So there's, just remember those options that you have. And then when it comes to challenging time, I think it's just worth reiterating what I said at the beginning. I don't think, you could have ever asked an investor before is now a challenging time they would always answer it yes remember all the results you're getting are going to come from what happens in the future and the only thing that you know is what you know right now and what's happened in the past so you never really know there's always uncertainty but there are always companies that are more likely to outperform than not in a certain environment like we were talking about themes i would just have a if i were an investor i'd have a sit down and think about what do I think has the wind behind me? You know, what are the tailwinds of the global economy? And what are the headwinds? And try to invest in those things that you think are sailing with the wind rather than against the wind. And then, of course, also to go out and do the deep work. There's a lot of information available for an investor that's really easy to get to. So, you know, once you've looked at those themes, you can go and have a look at like, Go and look at your companies, see what their revenue growth rates are doing. Go and have a look at their margins. Are their margins improving or are they getting worse? Go and have a look at their return on equity and their return on capital. You know, plot them out over time. And there are tons of resources that are available for a non-professional user. Like if you're willing to spend that time and it's not even, you know, obviously I spend a lot of time doing this, but like even for a retail user, just to, be diligent and do your homework as much as you can, then yeah, I think you can do really well, no matter the geopolitics or the uncertainty that is out there. Yeah, Sean, it's, it's almost like remembering the fundamentals of investing, you know, doing your research, long-term thinking and, and being patient and, you know, looking at how much risk can you take, just remembering all those fundamentals. But then also you've got this fantastic Easy Equities platform that then gives you all these different types of options as well, which is something that you've mentioned as well. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us on the Easy Does It podcast, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget get to subscribe we are on spotify and apple podcasts let us know what you think of this episode on twitter and insta our handle is at easy equities